to the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network, home of the Dresden Files podcast, 42 Entertainment, and many others. More podcasts like this one can be found at brokenjars.xyz. Grace Scott! I declare bankruptcy! Bears eats Battlestar Galactica. Depression! Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Twenty wigger and slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. Welcome to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. I'm Jay Ray, and with me is my deskmate, Jacob. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Long time no here. See know. all those. It's been uh, a while. Special guest. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Nate back from officequotes.com or theofficequotes? Hey guys. <laughs> theofficequotes.com. That's all you need to know. That's it. That's it. So it's thank you very simple. much for tuning in this week. That's all you needed to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's like Google. It's like you just need to know one thing and it's, it's See, ubiquitous. Well, what I need is I need like officegifts.com. I need like every scene of the office in gift form. Yeah. Because well, there's some great there's some great Tumblr accounts. There, there are. It's just finding yeah. them when I need them. Yeah. Because me and me and a friend of mine were both obviously I'm a huge in office, but he's really big in the office too. And like we'll be talking like I aming during the work day, and he'll say something and like like I have this perfect office like gif I need to like yeah. give to him, but it's sometimes it's so hard to find. Gifts are the greatest way to communicate references online. Like yes. the way we do it in conversation, like in real life, how it's just easy to throw it out there, but you'll never have the visual to go with it. So online, it's cool to have the repeating images but, but to the, throw but out. There, is, there have been a few times where I couldn't find the gif, so I just found the yeah. quote on your website yeah. and just like screenshot it and send it to them. <laughs> yeah, or find it on YouTube or something and just screenshot yeah, that but there's try your best. It's like YouTube... Uh, Man, like they're the office stuff on YouTube can be pretty crappy quality. Yeah, most often it's like had to be reversed or something or slowed down to to mess with the the copyright stuff. Yeah, I watch a lot of uh, impractical jokers that way on YouTube. And yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like slowed down so everybody sounds like some type of weird Darth Vader impersonator. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, we are a member of the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network, so make sure to visit BrokenJars.xyz for all of our other shows. Um, And just as a reminder, it's been so long since we've done a show, and then maybe longer since we've mentioned it, but we are happily accepting anybody's submissions for, you know, edits and updates to uh, the intro of our little show here. Um, We do have a schedule available uh, to view uh, and you could do something clip specific to those episodes, or you could just do whatever you want that you think is funny. Um, so submit them to us at I don't know our email, Jacob. <laughs> Brokenjarsbroadcasting <laughs> at gmail dot com. That's pretty simple. You need more incentive to do this. Think of it as like when Michael wanted to make the commercial for Dunder <laughs> Mifflin. And they came in and they're like, you know, it just needs to be real simple. You just got to wave at the camera. And he's like, no, I need it to be synonymous with what this company is and how I feel about my family. <laughs> That's that could be your intro. Yes. Just over the top. It's like five minutes long. And there's just everything ever in it. And there's some like weird story arc. Hey, if people just want to like make a giant one that we can just kind of cut up, that'd be fantastic yeah. too. Yeah. 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 And um, so, someone's going to send so this, us an hour and a half one. It's going to be like every cold yeah. open. 
That's okay. That'd be a pretty easy episode for us to record. We just kind of sit there staring at each other. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, also a little behind the scenes for the listeners. Sorry, but uh, so we sit here. Jacob plays the tune and it goes live, and you know it's live to tape, so it's nice that so we don't have to do a lot of post editing or what have you. Um, but and not to criticize Jacob, but his countdowns are always off. He's right. like three, <laughs> two. One. It's almost like it's, it's almost like what's the point of counting to begin with? But, uh, it's true, but you know, some visual reference to get you. I'm not trying to no, like be perfect. It's like so you know your your interest coming up. No, it's true. Yeah, no, it does help because otherwise well, I'm Jacob, just going to tune out. Are you a musician at all? To, like no. Oh God, no. Right? Okay, well, there you go. Some people just have that ear for rhythm or tempo or whatever, and some people don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. Uh, you know, I was given many gifts, but music was not one of them. Yeah. Uh, Sadly. Anyway, we're here to talk about The Office, and we're getting back to it. And we have a great chunk of episodes. We have Back from Vacation, Traveling Salesman, The Return, and Ben Franklin to go over today. Some heavy hitter writers and directors. Uh, yeah, some great episodes yeah. in general. Yeah, I'm excited. Sorry, I'm. I'm... I'm fiddling, and I shouldn't be fiddling. <laughs> Just like a roof. Okay. All right, so oh. Back From Vacation has got a pretty hilarious cold open where mm. they're having the meeting without Michael because Michael is in Jamaica with somebody. Jamaica. From from the last episode, He we saw him. He, he was like, you really want to go? And the, we assume the other person is saying, yes, they want to go. Because he, he bought him to go with uh, Carol, the realtor. Yeah. What was yeah. her name again? Carol. Carol, Carol, Carol Stills. Right. <coughs> Steve Carell's real wife. Yes, wife. his actual wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's that, that little bit is kind of great too because, I mean, so rarely do we see people work in the show. Dude, so to have the, yeah. Yeah. So to be in the conference room having an actual meeting that has to do with making money and all that kind of stuff. Uh but it is quickly derailed by uh Jim taking an opportunity to prank Dwight. Due yeah, to it, it is advice. it starts very not out of character for Jim, but it's weird to see Jim like having to do the like actual being the boss. functions. Yeah. 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 And uh and yeah then Dwight puts the tape recorder down on the table and they start going with it. It's great. <laughs> they name drop Jim Carrey. Like, who is it, Phyllis? Like, oh my God, Jim Carrey just walked into the yeah. office, get an autograph for Michael. And it's so funny because, or I wonder, like, because Jim Carrey comes in after Steve Carell leaves the, in that episode right. where he's trying to find mm-hmm. the boss. Well, he want, he's got to making sure that they know he's going to the Finger Lakes. Yeah, he's got to be back at the Finger Lakes. Like, that, that's, yeah. People His get lost in the Finger Lakes. Cool. Um, so I was wondering, yeah, if that was like a callback to that, or if that was just a, a random casting that like Jim Carrey was like, hell yeah, I'd like to be in the office for five minutes. Yeah, but it's also one of those things, by the time that stuff uh, came around, yeah, you know, the office was a pretty big deal by then. Yeah, so seasons in already, yeah. And just something we have to remember is they're fans of stuff too, you know? It's something we don't yeah. think about with a lot of actors, but, like, Although they there have... was no way that Jim Carrey ever would have gotten that job. Like, you think that Jim Carrey could have held the... I mean, not that he couldn't have done it, but, like, you think Jim Carrey, of all people, a famous movie star would want to go do TV for a while and be, like, the new Steve Carell? You think that ever would have happened? <laughs> it would have happened now. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah. like, 
De Niro's getting paid like a million dollars like, an episode for Amazon or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I well, the Office it. always did try to be that like real cheap show, cheap mm. feel. So I don't know if they really did go over the top with their budgets or anything. But, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting if they got a big star. So, I mean, they got a big star just to be a cameo, but to be like a regular... Mm. I don't know, I guess Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was a pretty big star, but he only did like four episodes. Oh, I mean, if you want to talk about... Um, I mean, Idris Elba was on there first. Idris Elba, that was before he got huge. He wasn't that. He wasn't that big yet, though. Like that was probably that was before, you before Pacific Rim, before Thor, I think too. Well, right? he was nobody in Thor, to be fair. But yeah, he yeah he fair. had a small bit in Thor. Uh, but also, Robert California. Uh, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was get. he. Well, though he was he, he was in Stargate back in the day, and I mean, yeah. So as far as I mean, TV he... goes, yeah, he was more of a of a movie guy, um, and yeah, he hadn't really done it because that was also before Blacklist too. Yes, like it's... Blacklist was like the renaissance of James. I never watched it, but I just remembered like when Blacklist was really hitting it big, and everybody was like, "James Bader is back! James Bader is back!" Like, oh, I didn't know he was gone. But yeah, cool. I would highly Welcome recommend people watch Blacklist. It's one of those things. Is like, hey, uh, like it was the first season was on Netflix. You're like, hey, yeah. this is supposed to be good. Click on it. Yeah. Eight episodes later, it's like two a.m. Me and my wife, like, oh, God, we gotta go to work in the morning. <laughs> yeah. One more episode. One more episode. <laughs> anyway, All so right. Jim starts screwing with Dwight by saying crazy stuff into the tape recorder about how he is completely naked. And he's got an animal Muppet Babies tattoo, mm-hmm. and he just keeps going. And Andy's like. I am now cutting Phyllis's head off with a chainsaw. Yeah, ring, everybody's ring, participating ring. in their own ways. Like Phyllis is really cute about it; she <laughs> tries. Stanley is just ignoring it. He's just probably doing his Sudoku puzzle or something. And then yeah, then they go to Andy and classic Andy at this point, at least season three, Andy who has to top everybody's joke while also being a participant. He just needs to be. He's kind of like young Michael in that sense, where he just has to be involved and be the funniest person there. Right. So well, it's just nice, too, that he doesn't know, like, the point of the whole gag. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he really doesn't get it. He's just like, yeah. okay, I gotta, I gotta think of something really funny this time. My turn's coming up. And this is another thing. We were talking about Jim doing, you know, actually, like, actual boss things. Yeah. Because we talked about before how Jim being the actual number two in the office kind of gets retconned out of the show by the time, you know, Idris Elba shows up and stuff. So, yeah. I wonder why they just like we're like, eh, we'll just screw it. <laughs> like, was there a change they didn't tell us about in the corporate? Well, structure? I think the definite focus for Jim over the next couple of seasons would become Pam. Like, they would just really go heavy with the Pam stuff because that's right around when they start getting together. Right, but still, so, I mean, corporately speaking, he is number two, even though yeah. you know uh, Charles Miner's like. Oh, so this is a made-up position? He's like, no, it was a made-up position, but now it's real. But it was always real. I mean, Jan made him the number two. Maybe when yeah. she got fired. She acknowledged it, yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's one of those things we talked about before, but it's an interesting retcon how it just, like, goes away. And since then, they had, like, they had Ryan in charge over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. David Wallace was starting to go crazy, I guess, by that point. Um... Yeah, 
I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think you you kind of hit it on the head there, Nate. Is just uh they just kind of were started taking it in a different direction, and then like yeah. after the fact, when they come back to it, they're like, oh, because I think maybe they thought there was more opportunity in the joke in saying that Jim was as yeah. useless as Dwight was in that position. Yeah. But I and don't I think, think it, it's also uh, it's kind of a beginning of how this show metamorphosized into what it turned into like towards the end where it became less about the work and the office life and became just more about the characters themselves sure, and their yeah. lives as a whole. Right. Like they went deeper than just like, well, what are they doing at work today? Or what is their position? Like, what is their duty going to make them do today? It's more of like what the, what is happening outside of the office coming into the office. Right. Mm-hmm. And it could also be something with the, we know that Ryan didn't like Jim yeah, you know, in season four, so maybe he changed something with the corporate structure there. Yeah, even by season three, like in this season, he's kind of starting to get testy with Jim. Like he, I don't know why I can't remember which episode. I think it's in this block of episodes where Jim is sitting there and he tells him he's like, "I liked you better as the temp," and he's like, "Me too." <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a there's a bit where during the merger, Jim and Ryan have that small little yeah. battle over the desk. Where he comes back, yeah. Yeah, Benny Hanna Christmas. Ryan has all of those uh, comebacks, um, and Jim is forced to end up going to a delicious restaurant for hibachi. So I don't know what yeah. Ryan's complaining about. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and then what you're talking about is when uh, Andy is being annoying. The, Which, uh, if you want to get actually to, to stay on the whole Ryan thing for just a quick second, if you want to get really deep with it, like. You think Ryan and Jim always had this kind of rivalry going between them to be like the not the cutest guy in the office, but like the the most eligible guy in the office or something? I don't know. I never really got that feeling, but maybe. Like I mean, definitely not from Jim. Like I don't think Jim was ever once threatened by Ryan in any way. But fe- I'm feeling like maybe there was something where Ryan was threatened by Jim, and he always kind of harbored that, but never really acted on it until he became the boss. Yeah, I mean, Ryan definitely gets there uh, into that mentality, especially, like, hipster Ryan. Yeah, yeah, just uh, him versus everybody else. Yeah, but I don't think that was ever really Jim's focus because we meet him, and he's already so focused on Pam. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, Jacob, you and I have talked about it too, but we were always kind of confused who actually starts first because both Jim and Pam have made references to being there before the other person started. Correct. Yeah, huh. Yeah, yeah, so it's... Yep. I mean, listen, it's not the kind of show that people would dedicate an entire podcast to. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) But it's another thing with the whole Jim Ryan thing that we brought touch on a little bit is Ryan's always going after Jim's girls. Uh, He did it with Katie. He did it with Pam. Karen. Karen. Yep. Yeah. So... I don't know. Maybe it's like a jealousy thing. Like he wants Jim's life. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's some kind of. I mean, yeah, he's always had this kind of ideology of like his life will never be as good as the one he wants it to be. Right. He's always wanting something better for himself or bigger for himself because he's got he's got that short guy complex. He's like the shortest guy in the entire show, and he wants to be the biggest impactor. That's. <laughs> Yes, no, Troy, Troy is break. the shortest guy in the show. <laughs> You're yes. right. He's a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> hobbit. Those are good episodes. But anyway. <laughs> Don't step on him. Yeah. Okay. So Michael comes back 
you know, he's got got the thing in his hair, and he's all like, he's, he seems kind of upset that no one really cares he's back. You know, he's, like, trying to get attention and everything. Acting like a Jamaican. Right. It's like his equivalent, his experience of going to Jamaica. Like, he thinks he went to the real, legitimate Jamaica. But he just went to Sandals. Right. Which is like somebody saying they went to Disneyland, went on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and came out saying, like, I've been to the Caribbean. I've been a pirate. (laughs) Like, not the same. It's not the same at all. He thinks he knows the culture. He thinks he's like, in Jamaica, they don't have a word for impossible. Like, where did he learn that? What was that? What what, what came into his mind where he's like, everybody does anything they want here because, yes, it's a vacation spot. You're right. And another funny thing is, like, he was talking about how amazing it was, and Pam's like, it's kind of an impoverished country. Yeah, yeah. There was another... It's in the... I don't... Where's Jamaica? It's, it's its own island in the Caribbean, right? It's technically Caribbean? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's definitely... I mean, I've always not, like, assumed it was impoverished. It does always have that kind of it's okay kind of vibe there, or at least it's presented that way, but yeah, I guess technically it is a third world country, maybe? Yeah. Or at least whatever a Two, second world country could be, maybe? 2.5, I don't know. Yeah, somewhere on that scale. I don't know what the spectrum is for poverty in the world. I am not an economist. But there, there was another great throw throwaway line from Pam, and she uh-huh. was like, "He can't quit while you were gone. You might have to be deposed." Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. He we, we never comes back, but that's yeah, one of those good little jokes in the office where it hints at the outside, not the outside world, but like the larger scheme of things, the ramifications of Michael's actions, but they, yeah, they never come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. We see a little bit of that too, uh, in one of the episodes where Jim's in Stanford because, yeah. uh, Mr. Brown is there doing another diversity training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's uh, great. You know, everyone in that company knows who Michael Scott is because of how much oh, yeah. training and crap they have to do. Through rumor or gossip, yeah. Everybody's well, aware. Yeah, I mean, not to get too far away from everything, but we've already done that, so it's too late. Um, there's that one bit later on where uh, Karen's in charge of Utica, and, yeah. uh, you know, they think she's trying to poach Stanley, so he calls. And, uh, like you said, he's already got a reputation of, like, then everybody from Stanford, like, quit immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't he also bring up him hitting Meredith? Oh, I with think his, so. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Did weren't you, you hit the guy who hit the employee with your car? Yeah. <laughs> um. So Michael comes back and he's got this whole Jamaican vibe. Um, yeah. He's got a steel drum that is super annoying. <laughs> it's it's amazing. He only uh, has like two notes on it, just hitting it over and over again. Yeah, that's all you need, though. I mean, come on. I mean, that's something you probably bought in the airport on the way home. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in high school, I mean, I, I play guitar fairly okay, but you only ever needed to learn, like, the chorus of a song, you know? Yeah, like, five basic chords, yeah. That's exactly right. And then you had to stop playing anyways because of all of the ladies were going, woo. <laughs> um, so he finds but out they're from... <laughs> yeah. Uh, he finds out from Pam, though, that they are going to do inventory, that they couldn't do it without him, and he's very upset about it. I specifically uh, left, so I would miss it. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> so to make it more enjoyable, he has a party planning committee set up a luau. Um, and what's great about this, just in and of itself, is that a luau 
is like Hawaiian. It's Hawaiian, right? Yes. Nothing to do with Jamaica. So yeah. just more lack of uh, cultural understanding from Michael. Uh, and it's very stressful for Angela, and she spends a lot of the episode yelling at the camera about getting a whole roasted pig and yeah. fire dancers and all that kind of jazz. Raskers. Um, so, there's, there's a great thing. like, I don't think you can buy suckling pig. And Angela uh, tells uh, Phyllis, like, did you try the petting zoo? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So Michael goes around, and he's... Uh, trying to instill this uh, Jamaican lifestyle across everybody. No shoe, no shirt, no shoes, no problem. Showing a, yeah, he starts showing a, oh, showing a before, before we get of. here, we need to get into the B storyline, which is the oh, big right. Jim Karen fight about her trying to move like three blocks down from him, but on the same street. Yeah, it's, well, it's two, yeah, I think she's, yeah, it's either two or three blocks. And I, I get that argument, like, that... If if it was the same block, yeah, that would be weird. Like that would maybe cramp their styles or pose some sort of awkward thing if they ever broke up or if they ever like, I don't know. But three blocks doesn't seem that bad in right, hindsight. But I think this is a a big show of just how yeah she's the placeholder, you know. How shaky Jim is with his like yeah with his romantic life. Mm-hmm. Like he, I mean, he's just not happy, but he's also like. He's also apathetic about what what could happen. I mean, realistically, like, a great girl. She would have made probably a great girlfriend for Jim. But yeah, he was just so hung up on Pam that he never would have never would have saw that really to its full potential. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you don't tell Rashida Jones she can't move closer to you, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Although, although I, as much as I love Rashida Jones, I think like this show. She did. She had the least amount of. I guess it also. It's a good character study, though. She has the least amount of chemistry, I think, with anybody on the show. For the entire series. Yeah, like, but she's yeah. only in what like she's a, pretty much only this season. Yeah, she's in like a season's worth of episodes, like total. I think maybe mm-hmm. like a season and a half when you count like all the guest stars later on. But like she was so great in Parks and Rec. Like Parks and Rec, she's she she pops and she foils with just about everybody. But, like, on The Office, she just had this kind of wet rag kind of feel. And I guess that's what they were trying to go for. Yeah, I was about to say, I think that's intentional. Yeah, to kind of show her, like, in contrast to Pam. That's right. So that you didn't feel like Jim was doing something bad by leaving her. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, Karen is only ever in interacting with the Scranton branch for the the second half of this particular season. Yeah. so, but you're right. She is she is pretty much instantly put up as the foil. There's that one yeah. bit where they're like betting on everything in the office, mm-hmm. um, and even then, Karen explicitly says how she doesn't understand this place as well as she thought because Creed's eating a potato. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, Jim's freaking out about the whole moving thing. That's weird. Right, right, and it's one of those things where I mean, I don't want to get too into it but you also kind of get the feeling they're not really having a lot of sex i mean that's yeah, just how it not. is because if you're like if you're really like hooking up a lot you're like three blocks awesome <laughs> you know? yeah you know so like, but, i can sleep out at your house you can sleep out at mine like totally yeah right and there's you know the 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 bears beats Battlestar, you know uh episode yeah at the end dwight comes in and he's like uh 
Hey, Karen, I'm your boyfriend, Jim. He's like, you want to have some some intercourse tonight? And Jim's like, do you? She's like, no. (laughs) Great. You might not want to just say, yeah, let's, you know. Which is more proof that she was such a placeholder for Pam in his eyes that you like, when when they get together, they never have that kind of honeymoon phase that most couples go through. Or like they're inseparable and like, like you would think that if Jim, yeah, was really into this girl and she was working like, right across from him like a desk over they would always be like looking at each other like giving each other eyes you know sneaking off to go make out in the closet or something like honeymoon couples do they do that and then yeah by like maybe month three or four or five kind of dulls down and it's just business as usual well yeah we've talked about it too where like we weren't 100 percent sure because based on the last episode we see in stanford we're not really sure if jim and karen are 100 percent an item yet but they yeah. definitely are by the time they get to Scranton. Yeah. So, uh... Which total, how long does this last? How long does this relationship go for? Like, I mean, less, than a, less than six months, maybe? Yeah, because if we figure oh, a season is a yeah. representation of the year, yeah, so yeah. it's probably, like, about half I a mean, year. I mean, if you want... They, they might have been, like, flirty and stuff for longer, you know, like, eight or nine months, but I think an actual relationship is probably, like, six months. Yeah, I think total, like, they'd known each other less than a year. Yeah, yeah well, because, well, basically a year, because he transfers in, what, June, right? June mm-hmm. or July, we we, we, we talked right, about that. Right, that makes sense. That's right, yeah. So, yeah. you know, so it's about, about a year before she, you know, checks out. Okay. Well, you know, and I th- think, too, though, it's, like, interesting, because, like, six months sounds short, but realistically, like, in terms of, like, adults who are having a relationship where you're thinking about cohabitating and all that kind of right. stuff and not like you know big picture stuff is kind of on the horizon a lot quicker than yeah. you know so i think six months though sounds short obviously the conversations that they've had in terms of like their long-term commitment to each other probably varied quite a lot yeah and the only times that jim ever made like big adult leaps like that was when he was with pam because right, he was right. happy to be with Pam, like buying a house or getting an engagement ring or or getting wanting promotions so that he could, you know, afford a wedding. Like, right. yeah, those are some pretty adult things that Jim, yeah, would probably avoid with anybody else. And, right. So this is another interesting thing to bring up. So if we're saying they've uh-huh. been, like, the job, you know, season finale, they're together about six months. Mm-hmm. It actually makes a lot more sense as to why he kind of bailed. Because that's the point in a relationship where you kind of start thinking about, well, is this more than just us, you know, fling? Is it, you know, something we actually want to keep going? Because once you start getting into that nine months a year, I mean, that's a a big time commitment, you know? So, at least for me, you want to know where you stand. You want to know where you're going, what's down the road. You want some kind of feeling of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so well to get us back on track, so Michael okay. Michael calls in a conference room meeting to show his slides off, mm-hmm. and Jim sits down, and Karen sits like on the far side of the the room from him. Is like super pissed off. Yeah, like if looks could kill, he would have just melted right there. Yeah. And this and Michael is showing the slideshow on the TV of all things. Like I guess office culture hadn't gotten to like projections yet by that point because he's showing photos on a dvd slide i think you know michael did it just because he thought it was cool like oh look what i can do with my computer because i'm also awesome at photoshop (laughs) and then we find out 
and th- it was a kind of a big because uh, I remember watching this when it happened. It was a really big deal when you see Jan. Like, oh my God, it's it's Jan. <laughs> like you had yeah. like you might have had an idea, but then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, <laughs> it's Jan. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say, I didn't. Uh, like, I wasn't looking for it at all. Like that that line where he says at the end of the last episode feels like whatever to me and I, I don't know why but the first time i had watched it i didn't really think i wouldn't care i wasn't like ooh, big mystery yeah um and then he comes back and i see this picture and pam says oh my god it's jan and i'm like no, i don't know her. why there's a big disconnect i was like who the hell is jan really but, yeah i don't know i just it just didn't hit me i was like that boat sailed you know whatever it's over yeah, i guess at that point yeah because like jan lasts for at least five no yeah, five seasons worth of Jan, of where she's like regularly like popping in and out, like because yeah. you know like by season six, seven, and eight and nine, she's kind of like she's not there at all, or she's there for like one episode of season max as like a big guest star. Right. But yeah, by season five, she's no longer like a regular thing in this kind of universe. No, like she's not like a force that pops in and out like Kramer or I don't know anything any other equivalent Refer- to that. For the first half or so of season five, I, I yeah yeah I after Holly think... yeah once the Holly thing kind of passes. well because you got to remember the end of season four is when we find out she's pregnant, right? So there is that whole sort of arc in season five that lasts. I mean, it ends before Michael Scott Paper Company, um, so Where he's living on his own, yeah. So it looks like probably the first. Four to six episodes, depending. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right, right when like Holly comes and goes. And right. By there. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I think my point is is that like it, it's I guess it's easy to assume or not assume if you're watching it like watching the show at that point in time that yeah, Pat or uh, not Pat, uh, Jan is kind of like yeah, she's been wrapped up, she's not coming back. Because, like, like, in hindsight now, looking at Jan, like, yeah, of course it's Jan, because Jan is this... I mean, I was going to wait until we got to the later part of this episode to talk about Jan, but... I mean, we'll get to it later, but Jan is, like, a really crazy character. And the effect that she has yes. on a lot of characters in this show is very impactful. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is one of those things that, I mean, it sets up the next two and a half seasons yeah because really it, it's a big factor for the rest of this episode yeah. or so no, this season all of season four and into season five yeah yeah, yeah. that arc this is that beginning of the real heavy jan and michael arc right which is yeah. a huge one so mm-hmm. and so, so yeah they noticed they noticed jan on the on the, te- the television but no 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 it's it's not jane it's ergol grew Ergel Guru, yeah. <laughs> that is correct. She's a German woman. <laughs> a German woman named Ergel Guru. And so that that all happens, and then he's talking to Packer, who's the worst. But he, like, Michael cannot keep it in. Like, he wants to tell somebody so bad. You know, it, I mean, from what we can tell, he went, you know, like, a long time without having sex, so now he's like, "Ooh, yeah. I'm having sex again." Yeah, he he paints the like the day to day picture of what it was like with her at Sandals, which I guess is like they would see each other in the morning, like they would have to sleep in the same bed or at least the same room. 
so they would have to see each other in the morning. But I get that, like, once they're out the door, Michael goes and does his own thing, like, to explore, and Jan does her own thing, and they don't meet until they have to be in the same room again, like, at bedtime. And then I guess Jan, at that point, has got herself worked up from the island energy. She has to do somebody. <laughs> She's in this room with Michael. <clears throat> well, I guess... So she ends up doing Michael at least once on this vacation. Well, see, but I don't know if I agree with that because they're doing their own, like, in the picture, it shows them doing stuff yeah. together during the day. Well, I got the impression, though, that, like, because he's, like, in the middle of the photo, he's, like, next to the sign that says no shirt, no shoes, no problem. And she's, like, t- at least 10 or 15 feet away doing something else. I just got this impression that maybe, like, maybe he followed her around the island, like, and tried to keep up the appearance that, like, yeah, we're a couple together. But I feel like definitely Jan was was trying to do her own thing and maybe discover herself there, and Michael was just kind of this tag along annoyance <laughs> for her. That's how I pictured it. Well, see, I, I mean, I guess to touch again, so like as you're saying, it kind of comes up more later on, but she does come yeah. at the end of this episode to like kind of reveal feelings that she has. Yeah. So yeah. I can see it going the other way too, though. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like maybe they were doing like weird couple stuff, and that's maybe it that, started like my 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 vision, and then yeah, definitely by like the end of the vacation, she was starting to like just come to terms with yeah everything, right? Like she can't yeah, yeah like how can you avoid Michael? Like you just can't avoid Michael. He's gonna gonna be there. I've never been to Sandals, but it's only so big. <laughs> yeah, right. Unless he unless he did go off the reservation, but I don't think he really did. I doubt he left the sandals complex or whatever it was I yeah mean, from what yeah, i, I read you don't like it's really bad for your health if you do so, to, oh to go to out jamaica proper if you will right so he's like yeah you know what i you know he's he's, he's like bragging to pack he's like look i slept with jane he's like no you didn't he's like all right fine i'll send you the picture sends it to packaging and not yeah. packer and he's like waiting, waiting. He's like, oh, I just got it from somebody else. And he's like, oh, and he, re- he realizes what he's done. And there's this fantastic, like, slow close up of Michael's face when yeah. the reality is just setting in. And he's just like, yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> like, it looks like pure fear and like dr- existential dread is coming over yeah. Michael. It's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then Daryl plays it off great, right? So they run down yeah. there, and then he's like, "Did you see that email?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Did you send it to a bunch of people?" He's like, yeah. "Yep." He's like, "Did you see my other email about how you should?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You sent that to a bunch of people too." Very yeah. busy, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, and he's just he's eating wings. Like, he's just yeah, sitting there looking at the computer eating lunch. Yep. Um. So that's happening. That's kind of like weighing on his shoulders for the rest of the time or whatever. Uh, which is uh, directly clashing with his new Jamaican sensibilities. Yeah, no right, worries, so, but don't so worry he, about this. Here's a yeah. question I, I do have. Maybe it's just because of who Dwight is. So he, he enlists Dwight to try and mitigate or stop this, dis- whatever, right? To deal with this, yeah, be the fixer. And, yeah. You know, we, we, we established that Toby's ex-wife sent it to him. <laughs> How had Dwight not seen this email? You know, he had gotten like a thousand different versions of this thing. Yeah. It it became like probably an inner office chain letter or an inner corporation chain letter. So, yeah, if you want to talk about other branches knowing who Michael Scott is, it's definitely at least beginning here. I mean, 
wasn't wouldn't he have been in that meeting where he was doing the slideshow? Oh, Toby. Uh, no, Dwight. Like, how does Dwight just not know what's happening? Oh, he knows, but it wasn't the same photo. The photo no. was the one of uh, the photo You're that right. he shows in the, right. in the uh, yeah because it's the, the room topless is just, laying down yeah and yeah, the, room, yeah. And the other the one was, yeah, was topless yep. yeah okay you mm-hmm. right you right okay so, right, so yeah. to uh, a note I have that pertains to the Jim Karen thing is I have written down that as, as of this point they've only been dating a month really like officially. Okay. So that means yeah. they started dating, really dating, in like December. So like they Christmas, were together yeah. for about six months. Okay, gotcha. Okay, good to know. That's yeah. That seems like a because a, a, I was gonna say like yeah, we see them through a Christmas episode. We see them through what feels like a summer kind of like at the end at the beach that beach games episode. That feels like maybe that's at least like May, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that, that sounds right. Yeah, so if they started dating, okay, well, let's be a little bit more cut it. Like maybe it's April. So let's say they started dating around November, October at the at the at the most. Let's see, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. So that's already seven months. So yeah. maybe it's like February, maybe after Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. Is there a Valentine's Day episode this season? No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Well. Okay. Anyway, six, the point is, six months sounds right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. I was, just, I was getting lost in math, and my brain was like, "No, no, you're doing math. Stop. Stop. Stop." Um. So, uh, while all this is happening, to go back to uh, the B plot here, uh, yeah. Karen and Pam do. Talk a bit now, or no, no, no. Jim, Jim and Pam, and Pam talk. talk. That's right. Yeah, because Pam yeah. knows she could read the back of Jim's head like a book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clearly, there's a problem. Yeah. And uh, so they talk about it, and she's so happy about. It. You can tell he's like, "Oh my god, yes, I would love to tell you how shitty my girlfriend is." Yeah, I mean, I think, and I don't know why, but Jacob, you you just radiate like the kind of dude who would. Uh, sympathize here with Jim in this situation where you're like, oh, oh yeah, let me let me divulge a lot of information yeah. to this person who I trust, yeah. even though that relationship is complicated. Right. Well, that's not. I mean, me personally, like that's something I would talk to like maybe like one of my friends about, like you know, one of my really close friends, like. I, but I definitely wouldn't talk to another woman about my girlfriend. Uh, okay. Like even that's my crazy. female, even I, my I female talk. friends, I was like, no, that's just a line you don't cross. In my oh, opinion, no, I I talk about my girlfriend to everybody. <laughs> well, the good stuff, yes, obviously, but the bad stuff, well, all all the stuff. Well, it'll, it'll always come down to like the specific situation. Like one of the, one of my best friends in the world happens to be one of my ex girlfriends, so it's like. Some people have are more fortunate in their friends' like connections that they have versus others. So you never. That's know. true. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that conversation happens now. Pam knows what the dealio is. Yeah, she's getting a sense that like, oh, not all is well in this thing that I'm but, jealous of. But she's trying to help. You know, she's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's like, how far does, how far away does she live now? Like. 
Six months, like ten minutes. He's like, she yeah, was trying I guess to hear so. the whole story. Yeah. So here's another question. So, how many leases did Karen break in like a year and a half? Because <laughs> yeah. she was in Stanford, she was living at the hotel. She got in this rental house. We assume she gets in the rental house, right? And then, like, she leaves again. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Stanford thing might be okay because we don't know how long she worked in Stanford. Um, yeah. Maybe so the I, real maybe the real estate laws in Connecticut are pretty loose. Yeah, like, well, I I know my my girlfriend and I are going to be moving in together soon, and she specifically negotiated her lease this year to allow for that flexibility. Oh, good. Yeah. So well, if I'm not maybe, saying it's like she did it badly or didn't have the ability to. I'm just right. saying that gets expensive breaking leases in the middle of. It. <laughs> Sure. Oh, yeah. She went through a lot through this whole transition. She definitely probably had to sacrifice some good apartments. Yeah. Some good locations. Um, let's see. What else happens here? Da da da. Uh, all right. So, by now, like the luau starting to happen. Right, yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. now, now we're in inventory. Right. And but I'll, then. They uh, go down to the warehouse and they printed out the photo in giant poster <laughs> size. One. That's fucking expensive. Expensive. That's like yeah, two hundred. How, how do they do that? Like they're not a printing company; they're a paper company. <laughs> they like, probably did they have like to go out do that. <laughs> yeah, they dedication. must have someone on standby because that like you go to like FedEx office. That's going to take them a couple of days. Right. Yeah. That's that is pretty. That is pretty sketchy. How they but got it's, that up? It's hilarious because I really like because Michael like. Dwight shows up. He's like, "Look, it's in the warehouse." So he's like running. Situation. It's yeah. a fantastic scene when they're like all running around and stuff. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, he's like, he gets down there and he opens up. He's like really scared to see this giant thing of Jan, you know, Jan's side boob. It's like yeah. eight feet across. And then everyone's like, "Yeah, Mike, yeah." And he's like, you can tell he just loves. It. He's like, "Yes, I finally did something cool." <laughs> But then he still knows that he messed up. But yeah, he's like conflicted because he's like, oh my god, yeah, these people are kind of cool now. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Okay, yeah, so we've got the ridiculously large poster. Uh, Dwight is running around trying to remove photos that were placed in pictures and on urinals and all that kind of stuff. I have removed all the copies from the bathroom. There are copies in the bathroom? <laughs> Lots of copies in the bathroom. Um, and then, so we and then we find out that Jan's on her way. She's tried to actually call a couple times throughout the day. Yeah, Michael avoiding her expertly. I, oh, I yeah. believe. Yeah, I forget some of the excuses he Michael comes up with. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, at this point, Jan just like knows it's crap right like yeah she's, that's exactly why she shows up she's like come on she knows his tricks yeah. yeah um so so eventually she well so she's on her way so michael is kind of spiraling downward now he can't keep up his island living lifestyle and okay. his steel drum gets run over by a forklift which is really just <laughs> like this hurt i don't think anybody was saddened about that except for maybe michael <laughs> well it's this really poetic parallel yeah. that like i'm just kidding yeah it's messed up and sad it's terrible uh so that happens uh but when, similar... when, it, when it happens like like the look on michael's face is like yeah that's about right yeah, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> it's like, 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 vacation oh, yeah. is over now yeah yeah 
pretty much. His, his, his bubble has been burst. Uh, also, while this is happening, it's kind of still part of the B plot. Uh, Pam and Roy share some words, and this is kind of, uh, you know, to me, it feels like the kind of the beginning of them uh, kind of rekindling this yeah, relationship a, that they used to have. Go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's happening, and that's weird, but that's really setting up, you know, this separation now between Jim and her because she's kind of going toward Roy and obviously Jim is making more commitments with Karen. Right. Um, and that's happening. Um, and she's getting upset that this is feeling like a, a definite thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which ultimately leads to Karen and Jim having a conversation where he gives her the documentation for this place. I don't know why he's got it. Yeah. Right. But he whatever. Like he's a creep. Lunch break yeah. To go get the paperwork. I don't know. Yeah. Or he's like rifling through her drawer. Who knows? But that happens. Karen goes to Pam. Big thanks, my homie. Good job. Yeah. And Pam has a really nice scene with Dwight where she is blubbering oh like God. a baby. One of the most uh, like real, purely emotional, like fantastic moments in that show, maybe in television ever, but just so like so real and awkward and poignant at the same time. Like Dwight's trying so hard, he takes off his jacket, and she looks up at him, and he's like, "Are you really doing this?" And he changes his tactic, where he's like, "It's hot in here," <laughs> ties it around his waist. Yeah, like Dwight tries, he just does try. Like Pam, yeah. Je- Jennifer, she's breaking just... down. She's like, she's so upset, and she's crying, and he yeah. doesn't really know what to do. So he's like, patting her on the shoulder a little bit, and then he says that immortal line, "You're PMSing pretty hard, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> and Jenna Fisher like almost laughs like just enough bit, to like yeah, break her tension and you know get through things but it's like you know that's the, you know that's the best Dwight is capable of and it speaks a lot to his character and to Pam's character and to the character of the show it's just like this, there are real really really human moments in this show and that was one of them yeah, yeah. oh and I think Pam knows too that like this is Dwight being sincere, yeah, even though he's yeah. being this totally he's not trying ridiculous to be, man. He's not trying to be an asshat. He just doesn't know anybody. Well, and then, like, his first thing, he walks in and he sees her crying and he goes, who hurt you? Right. Or, like, who did? Like, and that, that's, that speaks a lot to him as, like, as a protector, as a guy. Like, that's pretty noble. Right. Yeah. Um, so... So that happens, and that's basically wrapping up storyline B. Very emotional. Yes. Lots of things happening. Yeah. Um, and then Jan shows up, mm-hmm. and she says, Michael, can I talk to you? Now, honestly, we, I, I believe we're supposed to have believed uh, that Jan knows about this photo. Well, that's right. Yeah. She's coming in. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the fact that she doesn't, I believe, I don't think she knows when she talks to Michael. And actually, I'm kind of no. confused about this because it seems like she finds out about it during the deposition later, like seasons later. Because yeah, there's, like so. this, there's this weird thing that happens where she seems to be surprised about the revelation that this photo was circulated. And Michael is surprised that Jan was rifling through his diary. Yeah. And it is a diary. <laughs> but... uh but yeah, so and that, that's just weird to me because it's been years at this point. How has Jan not known that well, a topless was, photo of her was wasn't circulating? It still hanging over? when it showed up. No, when she it was down. Up? Yeah, 
I'm yeah, pretty... they had taken it down. But I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think like if there was any moment where she did like know about it. No, and... she, still... she has to. Well, because well, she still played about... up that idea that um, she was in Scottsdale too. You're right. Well, you got to think about how far that photo went around because obviously it must have never gotten to corporate or something because they would have had to call them both in and say like, hey, what's the deal with this, right? Right. So yeah, it's like maybe it just didn't get that far or it just stayed, it stayed like the subdivisions, like the dark corners of the office pool. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it, I guess it does seem like she never did. She never was aware that it got out there. I have to rewatch this again. Yeah. Because you're just like but shattering my worldview of the office right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's Nate's fault. I didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got too deep. We, went, we, pulled the, we pulled the thread and the sweater came apart. <laughs> But so Michael climbs the stairs very slowly, like yeah, mm. like he's a dead man walking. <laughs> yeah. which is so hilarious. He, like, he stops, goes to the first riser, and he like turns around, like it's the last time he'll ever look at this scene ever. Well, I mean, this would, in any other circumstance, would have gotten Michael fired. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So that's that's definitely more proof that she probably does not know. Well, well, that, but t- I mean, Toby would have. Put it up. I'm not just saying just dating Jane. I'm saying, you know, forwarding that. Right, right. The photo, yeah. Forwarding the photo around would get you fired. Right. But, so he comes up and Jane is sitting in his chair, which is this crazy power move. Just like, yeah. she's like, oh, what am I going to do, you know? Which, then, is an, which is an interesting contrast because that's a power move to show that, like, yes, I'm in your seat. I'm here to talk. But then she opens up to him. She gets very real with him. Like, she becomes very vulnerable. And, and you can tell that it's hard for her because she's talking about what her therapist told her to do and what she wants to do with life. And she's stuck and she's making bad decisions on purpose. Right. Right. Well, but that's the thing. And I actually have quite a few notes about this, about how terrible yeah. her, her psyche is. Like, saying, like, yeah. hey, you, you should be self-destructive. I'm like... No, no psych, no, no psych would ever <laughs> tell their patient to. There's a little odd, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, it says a lot about her character. Like the thing I, I noticed about Jan is like, no other. She represents characters that show up in other shows that seem reckless or that seem like you know they make choices that you go, wow, why did they do that? But they never really open up. They're never really honest or brutally like forward about why they do that and. She does, like, and th- and in this show and in any other show, you don't you don't see it's it's rare to like get inside a character's head that deeply, right? And it's interesting that they use Jan to be that character for this show. Like, of all the people, like we we probably know the darkest, most real things about Jan more than maybe Michael or Dwight or Jim. Like, we really know this character by this episode alone. Right. It's that's true. And so one of those things I like I was thinking about when I was watching this, like, why does Jane want to be with Michael? Yeah. You know, they don't have a lot in common. No. They, you know, she's from New York. He's from Scranton. She's yeah. high powered. He's obviously not. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just that, like, she's so, I mean, she's had a rough year. As she talks about, yeah, yeah I didn't. Maybe she's she just trying divorced. to find herself and thinks that Michael Scott is a safe thing. 
Yeah, he's a rock. He's a constant. He's a steady, unpredictable... Uh, well, not unpredictable, but, like... He, he's, he is predictable, but he's also neutral. Like, he's not going to cause too much drama in her life. That she knows about. That but she knows she's about, wrong, right. Which is the irony, because he will. He will continue to make her life very hard. But she doesn't see that. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. That's uh, it. See you guys next week. Yep. <laughs> so there's this... So she's leaving. They kiss. He's like, Jan, you know, you complete me. Yeah. And she... Her face. But you can also hear her go, oh, God. Yeah. And it's like a foregone conclusion that everything is going to happen that happens. Like, she yeah. knows she's going to implode on herself by doing this, and she does it anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. Because, you know, it kind of gets referenced. that you don't see a lot. Like, you see, well, you see a lot, but you don't get as much of a picture as you do with Jan. Right. And it's something that's kind of referenced again in Cocktails. Where she's like, what happens if I date, date Michael Scott publicly? Well, you know, happiness, kids, the whole bit. Or I implode on myself like a dying star. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, she knows it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and wants it anyway, I guess. And Michael doesn't. Michael, he's so desperate for that, like, that, uh, that bliss of complacency and normalcy and intimacy. Where he craves it, he just craves that family life, that that feeling of everything is in my power, everything's together, and it's mine. Well, we've already right. established in earlier episodes, especially in season two, how badly he wants a family. Yeah, yeah. You especially know, uh, with that whole, that whole relationship with Carol, yeah. Well, and that in um, Take Your Daughter to Work Day. Yeah. You know, where he's little, he signs up for the day, he says, little kid lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I really hope nobody tried that in real life. I really hope that like somebody was like, "Oh, it's a reference. People will get it." No, no. And then the FBI showed up at their house. Yeah, <laughs> met this guy named Chris Hansen. He gave me cookies. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> this episode kind of closes with. Um, uh-huh. uh, Kevin folding up the giant uh, Jan posters. Like, what am I going to do with it? I don't know. I think I'll hang it up. I don't have a lot of art. Uh, does he say, like, I'm going to hang it up in the bathroom or something? I don't... Yeah, that that rings a bell, but I don't know. If that... Yeah, <laughs> he says weird. something specific. Like, but yeah, he's like, I'm going to hang it up at home because I don't have any art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are we going to... What are we going to rate this episode? Uh, I gave it a three out of five postponed inventories. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, but you know what? I, I think just personally, I think it's a good episode, but I just always... It's a good character episode. Oh, yeah, I just character. don't like yeah. watching episodes where people are sad. So yeah, Michael's huh. sad. Jan's broken. Pam's yeah. crying. Dwight's yeah, concerned. Uh, Jim episode. and Karen are fighting. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of negativity. Yeah, and, I'm sen- huh. and I'm sensitive, so yeah, it's a bit much. I get that. Yeah, I would have to. I would have to give you like the same kind of like a three out of five. Three out of five suckling pigs. That's what I would say. <laughs> well, actually, this is going to be a trifecta because I came down at the same place. This is a, it's a really good episode. Uh, funny, sad, 
yeah. great. This, I mean, this is a fantastic Steve Carell episode. Like his acting ability is. He runs the whole know, gamut. He goes from yeah, happy to sad. Like he's going, he's hitting all the highs and lows. He yeah. turned that all the way up to 11 for this episode, and I got to give the credit. Yeah. So this is a 3.5 out of 5 calls to the petting zoo. Nice. I like it. Okay, next up, and we are we are being a chatty bunch tonight. Yeah, um, um, I got to we... get out of here probably 6.20 at the latest. Well, we are on the East Coast, Nate. I don't yeah, know what that okay. means, bro. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm at five fifty. So you guys are at what eight fifty? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so by nine twenty. Twenty at your time, I guess I have to be out. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Well, so I was thinking about proposing traveling salesman and the return. Kind of, let's talk about it together. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because they're mm-hmm. very they're very uh, closely related episodes. I think. They're essentially yeah, they, they serve as a part, uh, like a two parter almost. Yeah, they're essentially yeah. a two parter. Yeah. Um, I know sometimes too. Uh, they are actually shown together. Yeah, and like reruns and syndication. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's just like a longer episode. Yeah. Okay, so we start off with um, Harvey the computer. Ha <laughs> Uh, you know that bit very well if you ever owned season three on DVD, because that was one yeah. of like, that was one of the menu options. Yeah, you find yourself uh, falling asleep or whatever, and you wake up, and then you yeah. just got Harvey the computer in the background going boobs. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so here, here's my well, here's my question: Is who's the asshole who showed Michael voice or text to voice on his computer? It's usually one of those, like one of those jokes where like, yeah, the IT, like what was, what was the one about, was it the speakerphone thing where he's yeah. like, the IT guy came in, showed Michael how to use the speaker function on the phone and then just left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it feels like it's one of those things where like the IT guy's like, Oh, do you know about text to speech for whatever reason you would want to use it? Or maybe he just got bored and it was right next to like solitaire. It was like solitaire then text to speech, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, yeah. It's all very unfortunate, though. Yeah, no, yeah, nobody, nobody gets out of that. I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> again, well, this would this would most likely get him fired when he's like, you know, telling telling yeah. Pam how horny he is. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Which is like if you if you imagine him in some kind of de- deposition setting, like he would just totally be. Oh, it wasn't me. It was the computer. Like, and maybe some unprecedented vote is like. Well, yeah, he's got a point. It was right. the computer, not him. And I, and I will just say this: if there's any ladies out in the audience, and you have a boss that treats you like Michael treats Pam, go get a lawyer because exactly. you're you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of money. And that person deserves to not have jobs anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, there's so much like just textbook sexual harassment stuff, you know, from Michael. Yeah, it's pretty clear there. <laughs> um, so that's great. Totally unrelated to the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a very <laughs> great introduction to a character that doesn't get enough character development. So R.I.P. Harvey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I'm surprised he didn't come back for the finale. Like, I know it would have been great. I'm surprised he wasn't in the running for Michael's job well, when he we, left. We did have Computron, so we sort of... Okay. I mean, there's actually three or four times where the computers come to life in, in the office. In some ways, yeah. Because yeah. there's that one with the uh, with Thunder Mifflin Infinity where Dwight's trying to beat the computer and Jim and, yeah. and Jim and 
uh, pay him or pranking him. So there, there's a couple. Well, it's kind of funny because like the the, the char- you could almost say the computers on that show are kind of a character in themselves because they're usually on like three different screensavers. There's the the Dunder Mifflin like that blue classic that mm-hmm. probably you guys used for your own computers at some point. I know I did. Right? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, there's that. You either see that. You see Solitaire. Like Creed and Meredith are usually always playing Solitaire. Um, and then the other one is probably like a Microsoft Word, like a text kind of document. Those are like the three usual faces of the computers in Dunder Mifflin that you see. Or email. You also see or email. email. Yeah. So email slash like Word document, somebody's typing something up. Yeah. What's crazy is like on the the office subreddit, people actually like uh-huh. screenshot and like catalog every email they see for every person. Really? <laughs> yeah. If you yeah, really I mean, I think, want to get into it. I think it's the um it's one of the director's commentaries, but uh one of the cast members said like they legitimately were playing solitaire or whatever yeah. for scenes where they were just there. So it just yeah, makes sense that's what we see all the time. Yeah. yeah, so it's kinda kinda nifty. Yeah. Okay, so that's happening, people are playing solitaire, etc. Um <laughs> we find out that uh Angel is very nervous. And Kevin is revealing to her, or rather to the audience, that uh, there were some reports that corporate just called that they did not receive. Yeah. Uh, Angel's looking toward the door. She's super spooked. Um, but she does assure Kevin that they arrived. And after a humorous in- exchange between the two of them, um, you know, whatever. But <laughs> Dwight runs in. Um, you know, they have some weird cheeky secret commentary next to uh, Pam at the desk. Uh-huh. At the candy bowl. Um, that's right. Revealing that uh, everything's all good, honky dory. And uh, after Angela's exclamation of relief, she leaves her discarded jelly beans at the desk, saying, <laughs> I, don't "I don't want, want these." these. <laughs> <laughs> um, then she runs into the room where there is a sales meeting going on, and Dwight is being critiqued as late because he technically is. That's fine. Someone passed the tardy sauce. <laughs> Did you hear me, Michael? Um, <laughs> What is with what is with Andy and fish humor? He just loves to crack fish jokes. Well, he's a he's a big boat man, you know. Yeah, he's like, you're yeah, right. You're right. He's, he's nautically themed throughout. Yeah. That is that's good writing, I guess. That's consistent, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, so we find out that Michael and well, I guess it was Andy's idea for everybody to pair up and go out on sales calls. Amazing race yeah, style. He obviously wanted more time exactly. from Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah um, it's, it's such a hard arc to get into. Get like. Andy has always been such a weird character for this show because you love him or you hate him. And yeah, this I mean, is like this is the phase where you really don't like Andy. Well, yeah, yeah Jacob this, and I don't agree on the, it, the Andy stance. I don't think this really? is where he's starting to re- reach peak douchebag Andy. Yeah, because you know, this episode and the next episode, he's just insufferable. He's at the top of his like power. Like he's just like yeah, he's insufferable. And then, he, and then he breaks and punches the hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's an interesting like story dynamic. And I also wonder, like, was he going to go shoot the Hangover or something? Is, is there a reason he was gone for six weeks? <laughs> I think that was way before Hangover. I don't know. Uh, was but yeah, hangover it had to be like way before Hangover. So? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, Hangover was like 2009, I think. It was like right when I was like starting high school, I think. Yeah, and yeah, so... it was 2009. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this season, like, is like 2006, 2007. So I don't, I don't know why he's gone, but it is an interesting way to write a character because you send them off to rehab or something, and they can come back slightly different. 
Yeah, or... kind of retconned. Yeah. Well, what they what they do kind of do also is like because Andy has that moment at the beginning where he references Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and saying that all the transfers from Stanford are starting to get picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. And right. so, so, kind of like a sentence to rehab or to anger management to Andy is like getting sh- drowned in the Chocolate River or getting <laughs> right. sent to the, the Tappy Pulling Room. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're in this meeting. And so they're pairing off, and Andy, you know, takes Michael. He's like, all right, Stanley, who you want? Pass. <laughs> I'll take the kid. <laughs> I was a second option after pass. <laughs> it was- uh, let's see. Karen and uh, Phyllis get paired up, much to Karen's chagrin, because obviously she was getting excited to uh, tag along with Jim. and See, that happened, yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, Dwight Andy and Michael, yep, and then Dwayne Jim. That's right, yep, and uh, it's great. And then this is where we find out that apparently they used to go on sales calls with each other all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty commonly. Yeah, um, and we see a very humorously photoshopped photo of young Jim and young Dwight. He looks like fifteen there. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's legitimately him. And Jim looks du- like a boy. <laughs> yeah, and then they got Rain Wilson just putting on like a wig. Yeah, like some kind of mullet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Dwight has never looked any different. Like, he's looked that way since he was seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's yeah. changed his hairstyle a couple of times. That's just it. Like, everything else is pretty, yeah, the shirt, the style, the glasses even, I think, are the same. Um, so, so that's it. They pair up. They go outside. Michael gives a quick pep speech where he says yeah. it's, like, amazing race, and they don't know what the prize are, but it's just bragging rights. And uh, they, we get some fun names. We get the mother-daughter. We get the uh, the firefighter heroes, the gay um, couple, the gay couple. That's right, <laughs> and we get the uh, I forget what Stanley and Ryan are. I think they're the Marines. They're the are they the Marines? I think Michael says like Marines or something like retired retired Marines. Retired, like yeah, that. does something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they're off. Um, they all go in different kind of direction. Different like they go to different types of meetings. Right, Jim just cannot help but mess with Dwight. It's like, you really gonna sit in the back? So he like hits the brakes and has him like bounce his head off the chair. And it's also, isn't it also where they, they get to the they get to the office and he smacks him in the face? The whole thing about uh, entering from the rear. Right. Yeah. yeah he doesn't. There's only really cool walk behind. It's like the rivalry between them, like up until the actual sales call, and then once they're in the sales call, they like they bounce off each other perfectly. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, and it kind of gives us an insight into, like, They're what the relationship was before. Yeah, 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 that kind of yeah. thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, still then, does the the kickstart my heart in the back seat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So his like performance you said, so, review already happened. Um, yeah, it must have. I think it, it must have. I think that was season two. Yeah. But yeah, this is just a continuation of that. How he like gets himself amped up for Hopped like up, all these yeah. meetings and. We see it, a, a, you know, multiple times throughout the entire series where he's just, like, really into yeah. his heavy, like, his classic yeah. rock to get himself amped up. He's got that, that metal spirit. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's just interesting to see how everybody's – because these are successful salespeople, right? Yeah. Ultimately, we find out this is one of the more successful branches despite possibly shutting down. Yeah this yeah. season 
Um, so it's cool to see the breakdown of how everybody sells. So Jim yeah. and Dwight have this very rehearsed strategy of calling a competitor and revealing that their customer service sucks and then hanging up on Kelly for, for the lulls. Yeah. Um, we got Phyllis, who knows her customer so well that she tries to doll herself up like, to appeal. Karen, like his yeah. wife. Yeah, let me tell you, Karen does not pull off whatever the hell she was trying to do. Um, oh, I know that was man, the that joke. That was like so like... Yeah. Da- like 1978, you know, Dallas TV show right there. Yeah. The big hair yeah. and the makeup. Yeah, it's it's tough. But um, so let's see. So uh, that Stanley and Ryan go. So we don't really get to see what uh, Stanley's sales strategy was because no. he Ryan wanted to take the lead. Right. And for whatever reason, Ryan felt incapable of selling to a group of powerful black men. You just you just stood there. Is it hot? <laughs> you sounded like my, my niece and she's six months old yeah, I think this just shows Ryan's just lack of ability to actually se- sell anything he doesn't have the confidence required to sell right yeah uh, which makes sense too mm-hmm. um, but that that's a great bit um, yeah and then um, you know Andy and Michael and again it's it's a really cool opportunity for us to see Michael's selling skills because he actually has them you know yeah right and then you know andy just like keeps interjecting with the exact wrong things to say yeah because like michael he has this this like colloquial approach where he's like oh you went to you went to that lake like i used to go there with my dad and like or my stepdad and we would try and catch fish and then andy would be like i was on a yacht once and i shot a shark from a crow's nest yeah yeah it's tough um <laughs> but um there's a yeah, great he keeps, line. He keeps room the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, there's a great oh, yeah, line in there afterwards. Like, 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 stop. Putting his hand on him. Like, oh, yeah. He's like, like shut it. Shut it. Stop. And then he's like, do we actually want him buying from us? And Michael's like, yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. Oh, and then, and then the B story, too, going back to the whole Dwight and Angela thing, is like Andy's starting to sow the seeds in Michael's mind that Dwight is unreliable and that he's trying to take Dwight's position. Right, because he gets told the story about how... Um, Michael tells him the story about how Dwight tried to try to take the branch from him. Yeah, now he's got to do his laundry as punishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And very long story. Yeah, when there's, when when there's uh, now, sure. so, we're sort of another B storyline where Phyllis spills the beans that Jim and had a thing for Pam or yeah. something, and this at this point. Like, I understand her being pissed because, like, she's been working with this woman who apparently her boyfriend had had feelings for and she, he'd never yeah. told her. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a... Well, he, and she was already noticing that they kind of had this camaraderie relationship that she and Jim don't have. Right. Like, Jim goes to Pam for, like, the jokes and the goofing off where, she, like, she, uh, where Karen's not really into that as much. Right, right. Um. Okay, we've lost track. Where are we? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we were just talking about the whole Jim. That yeah. Now that Karen knows that Jim had a thing for Pam. Right, right, right. So and they they end up having lots of long talks. Yeah. Long right. talks. At least, yeah. at least that's what yeah, I got. They get really rocky in these sets of episodes. Like Jim and Karen kind of go up, down, up, down, up, down. 
Yeah, and that's what I mean too. Like this six, seventh month time that they've been together. I mean, I think yeah. they have these conversations because you know they're talking about moving to the city for each other, depending on who gets the job or yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. Because they to Karen, like, right, yeah. she's not just playing about. Like, she wants to be in a relationship with someone. Right. So these oddities about um, Jim and such, I think, are red flags to Karen, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and if anything, even though Karen obviously is, like, not the one for Jim, and, you know, they tried to make the show pretty clear about that stance. Yeah. You still feel bad for Karen because, yeah. you know, I don't know. Jim's still a dick, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. he does handle it in some poor ways. And Yeah. Um, Whatever makes good drama, I guess. That's right. <laughs> um, and then we do also similarly see a scene with uh, Pam and Angela. Mm-hmm where Angela tells a very thinly veiled story about a person whose name is Kurt, which is definitely not Dwight's middle name. No, um, it's danger. Right, exactly. Uh, going on a trip to corporate to deliver these documents that Angela did forget to give. So right. Pam has known about them since Jim's party. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's season two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thus far, Jim doesn't know about them yet. No, no. So, so no. this is where we are in like the history of like the Dwight Angela kind of thing. He's he technically does... seen it because he stumbled upon her naked in his room, but he just turned around so quickly that he thought she was a hooker. And listen, I don't. I think that's something that a lot of people feel about Angela. <laughs> just a hooker. Um, yeah, because he Jim doesn't know until the negotiation, I believe. Because that's probably. when he. Uh, yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure that's when that is. Because that's yeah. when Roy tries to beat up Jim. And, oh, you're right. That's the beginning of that episode. Yep. Right, because cocktails yeah. is when they go to the bar. So the beginning of the next episode would be the negotiation. Right, because so. Jim's whole thing on that episode is like to make up, to, to thank Dwight for, find, for saving him from Roy. And then when he finds out at the end that they're together, he sees that as his way of repaying Dwight by like not talking about that or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so on the way back to the office, though, so, um, you know, the thing that happens is Jim and Karen talk. But Andy is continuing to fill Michael with uh, dread. Now that they're back at the office, Andy is able to sneak into Dwight's car Ugh. and um, pull the Ish. toll receipt. Yeah. You know, so, so this to me is something that like everything we've been told about Dwight so far uh-huh. is that thing would be booby trapped or something. If right, you know, that's just like, come on, Dwight. Maybe he was just easy. like flustered from having a weird day that he forgot. It, but it just yeah. does. Like this is not the Dwight we've been like let up. Like, Andy totally would have gotten a blow dart to the like the throat Maybe. or something. <laughs> With his bull tranquilizer. Yeah, that was a little, a little bit too easy for him to do that. Um, but he tells Michael, and I, and you got to give it to Andy the way he tells the story, right? Because he just flips it and says, "Oh, didn't you betray Dwight?" Yada yada. Right. Um, and Michael's no, like, no, no, sir, you are telling it wrong. <laughs> uh, um, so then we have this great confrontation where Michael that was basically like Dwight. What, what's your game here, buddy? Yeah. Um, 
and then we get into like crisis mode where Dwight and Angela are trying to figure out like what what's their game plan? Are they going to tell the office about what's happening or whatever? Obviously, not knowing that there is a middle ground, which is ultimately the resolution of this story. Yeah, but, like something they yeah. could have easily thought of, but they were so preoccupied with worrying about getting found out that they could have easily just said like, "Oh yeah, Angela forgot to give these corporates, so I ran over there, being a friend or being a good employee, did right. it for her." Right. right. Yeah. I guess they were just so flustered that they didn't think about, like, yeah. oh, just say, hey, I forgot, like, Angela asked me to do this because she knew I would or whatever. Yeah. Right. And they're also pretty wholesome people. Like, they don't like to lie. So, like, the fact that they're already, like, in get possibly going to get caught in a lie, like, they don't want to make any more. Well, uh, no, the other thing is, like, like, kind of what happens with the return is, they just had to say exactly what happened and just not give any yeah. additional detail. Like he could have easily said, look, we forgot to turn them in. So I took them to corporate. Yeah. Done. No one else would care. Right. Well, again, it's, it's probably just all for drama. You know, again, it's a great, you see <laughs> the kind of the lowest low where Dwight gets cast out and he takes over for a brief second. And that continues that Andy arc. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but right, so ultimately Dwight decides to uh, resign. Yeah, splits has a very heartfelt uh, message where no one quite understands until he clarifies that he is resigning. Yeah, uh, he gives Michael a bunch of garbage from his desk, mm-hmm. uh, except for the bobbleheads, which he clumsily grabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that is basically the end of that episode. Yeah. Jump into the next episode, and we meet Dwight going back and forth in between. A various amount of job interviews Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really great because we've seen Dwight in Dunder Mifflin right Mm. but it's nice to see how he chooses to represent himself to these other companies it just makes you think how the hell did he get the job at Dunder Mifflin in the first place yeah I mean it was probably like did Dwight did Dwight have to interview with Michael like from the get-go did did Michael go like yes this guy's incredible you know that's a good question yeah I wonder if it was Michael from the from the start I've got yeah. the I've got the feeling it was Ed Truck. Yeah, that yeah. hired him. I just that's the feeling I have. Right on, like kind of like as he was going out, because Michael would have had to have already been there. He was just he was a manager yet. Right. So True. that would be saying that Dwight saw Michael rise to management. Mm. Yeah, that's in, that's an interesting because it could be it could be and yeah. maybe th- that could be partially why Dwight's so loyal. Yeah, because he saw Michael rise up. Right. Well, maybe they used to, you know, be, because it is that kind of bullpen, you know, setup. So maybe they joked around more, or whatnot, before it became manager and all yeah, that, all that good stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, well, before I, I we get my... too much into the return, we should okay. rate traveling okay. salesman. Okay. Yeah. It? Let's do it. Um, well, I um, so I will say I did. I had I just rated them together, so I'm just gonna okay. I'll, so I'll repeat it again later. But I did give this arc 4.5 out of five lemonadas. <laughs> yeah, Mexican lemonade. Yeah, and I just like it. I mean, it's so it's like the exact opposite of Back from Vacation, where I just yeah. really like the the relationship between Dwight and Michael. Like it's nice yeah. when it's always mm-hmm. proven that they're actually friends in some regard. You know, right. And it's great to see Oscar. I think Oscar, I'm probably 
uh, minus the gayness, I'm probably Oscar. <laughs> you know, so it's nice to see him back. Yeah. Uh, well, partic- particularly for this episode for Traveling Salesman, I gave it a 2.8 out of 5. You know, it's a good episode, okay. not great. Um, but it's a 2.8 out of 5 Karen's makeovers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, it's a good it's a good point to to say that to think about it as one arc and one episode together. So I would have to do the same thing as far as like rate them both together, mm. um, as like one looking at it as one episode, one arc, one dramatic movement. Um, I would give it a f- uh, three and a half out of five highs. Highs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and actually, since we're sort of got this little break going here, it might be a good time for you to jump off so you're not late to yeah, whatever you, the yeah, hotness you have going on. So I'm going to go have dinner with my family. Oh, so happy right. birthday. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good, yeah. Please don't let me stop you. Continue on, and I will come back and listen to it later, and then maybe next time I'm on, we'll continue to talk about it. <laughs> right. <a> great. <laughs> right. It's always yeah. a pleasure, Nate. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Um, I love this show, and thanks for thanks for keeping the office alive. That's what we We're do. Do what we can. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, man. All right. Take care. See you later. Thank you. Yep. Okay. So another question, and this is something I may or may not edit out of the next show, is we're going to have to push really, really hard to make our time frame. Do we just want to cut it off here and maybe try to get a intermediate episode, or just you know do just just do two now and do four next, and I'll just readjust the schedule. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I hear what you're saying. I because this this episode is going to be massive, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if if you feel comfortable with that, then I'm good with that. And then yeah, let's we'll just, just do that. Because our... I feel like we're going to just going to like we're going to be pushing too hard and not to give our fans quality stuff. Yeah. So fans, I hope you don't mind just only giving you two episodes, but we'll come back next time. Get back on schedule. The whole kit and caboodle. Um, so everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, which is four days away. I can't believe, can't believe it's already the end of the month. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, I've been walking the dogs, and I've been seeing Christmas ornaments out already. So I know it's it's, 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 happening. it's insane. <laughs> so, but you can email us broken jars broadcasting at gmail dot com. You can find us on Reddit, r slash thunder mifflin on twitter i don't broken jars pod i don't remember our exact twitter yeah it might be uh, broken jars broadcasting no I, I think it's i don't know I'll ha- i would have Something. to ask the director and yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't deal with the twitter anymore now that she's taken over that is fair <laughs> so y'all have a good day good night morning evening whatever it is when you're doing it uh hope it's a good one yep see you in two weeks Bye.